Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I am joined by uh, Keith and Anuj from Partners in Performance. Uh, Keith, how are you today? Oh, very well, thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks. Yeah, well. Great. And how about yourself, Anuj? Very good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Yeah, so we're recording this in what feels like the waning days of the pandemic. And I, I know there's still lots of uh, illness out there, but it, it feels like we're coming out of this thing. Okay, is it? Has the pandemic negatively affected you or your business at all, Keith? Well, it hasn't really had much of an... Well, it has certainly had an impact on the business, uh, not in terms of overall volume, but it's definitely moved some of the areas of focus. Uh, I think as you as you think of the, uh, the pandemic, we certainly went through a period where we were doing all of our work remotely uh, rather than our traditional mix of on-site and virtual work. Uh, that obviously went through a real change. Also went through a real change because our clients were focused on different things. They were very much focused on, on managing their costs, making sure that they could work virtually, uh, thinking about their organization structures. So the mix of work changed, um, but it's now getting back to a much more normal uh, mix of performance improvement, cost reduction, capital improvement, uh, energy transition. Okay, good, good. Yeah, and how about you, Anush? Yes, uh, you know what Keith said. I'll just add to that is uh, we've done quite a bit of work on remotization uh, to really understand how the workforce could work remotely. Also, technology has played a greater role as people get interested in how we can use technology to better uh, allow flexibility for the people who are working. So many of the clients uh, saw that they really didn't need to have everybody at site. So uh, they have adapted to that. And with that comes, how do you maintain the connectivity with the people? So, uh, you know, the clients have taken action on that too. Yeah. Okay, okay. And and Keith, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Certainly, yeah. Keith Russell. Um, I'm one of the senior directors within Partners in Performance. I've uh, been very actively involved for the last 15, 16 years, uh, building the business um, background as a mechanical engineer, then uh, close on 20 years with the Boston Consulting Group before I went off and uh, at dot-com period uh, was running a, a business for the forest products industry in one of the e-marketplaces, uh, and then came back into uh, into consulting, very much looking for how do I make sure that I'm getting bottom line results for, for clients in the resource industry. Uh, and then just so that you uh, have my background here, was very much in, involved in the general mining industry, but over the really the last couple of years, been moving my focus. Uh, and now I have the position as the global leader of our energy transition business, uh, helping clients as they're addressing the challenges of migrating to net zero. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. And Anuj, how about yourself? Yes, uh, well, I also joined uh, Partners in Performance about 15 years ago. I uh, have, uh, have helped build the business in North America. Uh, graduated as an electrical engineer from Indian Institute of Technology, New Delhi. 
uh, born and raised in India uh, and got hired by Schlumberger in oil field services in uh, South America. So I spent a lot of time in South America, almost in uh, every country. Uh, then joined uh, uh, MBA uh, at Dartmouth and started working consulting. I'm fascinated by consulting, how you can make a difference in the lives of so many people and so many companies. I've worked in uh, electric utilities, natural gas utilities, et cetera. And uh, uh, lately in resources industries, including uh, you know, oil and gas, mining, chemicals, uh, some pharmaceutical also. Uh, Work-wise strategy operations also got involved in e-procurement in the dot-com era and uh, uh, basically focusing on getting the clients to really run a better business. Uh, I am also leading North American practice for partners in performance and uh, global mining practice for partners in performance. Oh, okay, okay. Keith, what really is the core business of, of uh, partners in performance? Well, we started very much with a business of performance improvement. Uh, how do we improve operations? Uh, and it was really built from uh, a background where a number of people from a strategy background, McKinsey, BCG, Bain, uh, had all noticed that we were uh, making a lot of recommendations, but we weren't necessarily de delivering the results. Uh, and so the, the underlying premise of the firm was let's work and, and let's work very much alongside the operators, the supervisors, uh, the people who really make things happen uh, and make sure that we're providing the coaching facilitation and analysis uh, that's necessary to really make a change. So our core business was performance improvement in the mining industry, in the resource industries more generally. Um, and then we've grown from there and we've really added in from that uh, um, procurement work because of the fact obviously cost performance became very critical for people, uh, organization work, uh, a lot of work on capital projects, capital productivity, uh, capital business cases, uh, and then gradually expanded so that we also include a, a significant amount of strategy work, a significant amount of energy transition work. But I think that the core DNA of the company is very much around driving results driving a, an improvement in the bottom line performance of an organization. Oh, okay, okay. And Anoush, for some reason in my mind, I, I'm picturing uh, one of your employees out on a site with a stopwatch and a clipboard. Is that, is, is that anywhere close to what happens? That's portion of it. Uh, our key differentiator is we quickly figure out what are the key things companies need to do to make a business which runs better and then link the priorities from top to the front line and you know consolidate the performance making it transparent and visible all the way up to the top so what that does is it allows the managers to focus on what is critical for the business and yes, we would do some time studies, et cetera, and observe and day in the life of people at the front line. That is to really understand what is keeping them away from performing better. So what are the controllable things they could work on so that they can be more effective and efficient? Uh, so linking the top priorities to the front line and making transparent, visible, the key controllable 
performance metrics all the way across to the top helps make better decisions. Okay, and, and Keith, could you give an example of what you might do for a mining company or, or maybe a success story that you've done with a mining client? Yeah, sure. Um, so I can easily pick on, and I've got one in my mind of, of a mining uh, company. This one happened to have been a uh, uh, a major global uh, mining company, um, dozen assets around the globe. Uh, and across each one of those assets, uh, we really went in uh, and went through a performance improvement program. Uh, and so for each asset, it started with a, uh, a quick understanding over the course of a diagnostic uh, two, three weeks, uh, where we really understood where were the issues, where were the opportunities, where was the organization not living up to its full potential, where was it not delivering everything that that asset was really entitled uh, to deliver from a performance perspective. And then having worked out you know, what the performance was, and you know, often this would be 50, $100 million uh, per site type, uh, type improvement, sometimes they're smaller, um, but then really setting through and developing a, a set of initiatives that we would work alongside uh, idea owners who were in the line, who were the supervisors, the superintendents with that business, uh, work through the analysis, identify what needed to be done, uh, what capital needed to be spent, if the capital needed to be spent, uh, what changes in organizational processes needed to occur, uh, and really help the organization manage the, KP, the key performance indicators associated uh, with that specific area and opportunity uh, until this became new and embedded uh, behavior. So we would take a, a reasonable length of time with that process. It would be measured in months, not in weeks, uh, to create the change within the organization and to ensure that that was really embedded. It became a new set of reflex actions for the organization. Uh, and so when we did this, and, and this was across a, uh, as I say, a, a multi-asset uh, global organ mining organization that spanned from mining, uh, extraction, uh, milling, concentrating, smelting, refining, um, went through all of the, uh, the processes that were associated. And, and certainly the, the client enjoyed uh, you know, results which were definitely measured in the hundreds of millions of productivity improvement uh, that they were able to, to achieve. Uh, and, and I think that in addition to the productivity improvement, I think that the management teams uh, down through the supervisors and the superintendents certainly ended up in addition to, you know, better bottom line, uh, they also ended up with a sense of a much more effective management and operating system, that the processes, what we would call the wiring of an organization, the business processes, the way that things get done, the way that you hold to account, the way that you measure performance, the KPIs that you're uh, monitoring on an ongoing basis, that that process was working much more effectively so that people really could focus on their priorities uh, to continue to improve performance. Is it sometimes that companies have just been doing things for so long in one way and that uh, they, they can't step back and, and see the trees? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah, that, but, that but, often happens. Yeah. Get made, assumptions get made early on uh, and, and things get done because 
well, they've all been, always been done this way, even though the world around them and the technology options that they have, uh, the part of the mind that they're dealing with, all of these things have changed. Uh, and there's an opportunity for them to, to reset. Because I think one of the enduring truths that I find is that as a generalization throughout the organization, workers want to end up with a great shift. Uh, they want to end up walking off the, uh, the site at the end of the day, knowing that they've done a good job. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, we're here to help them uh, uh, know that at the end of the day, they've walked off and it was a great day. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. Now, obviously, it, it has to be a, some somebody with qualifications that comes in and sees these uh, opportunities because, Obviously, new employees, new managers, new leadership comes into the company all the time, but they keep doing things. This, well, maybe they, they may change things, but not uh, so drastically for the better like you've been able to spot. Yeah. That's right. So, so Anuj, how would you help a mining company reduce their carbon footprint? Well, the... Mining companies have come a long ways in, uh, in their thinking and more and more executives are thinking about how they can achieve a much lower carbon footprint than, that, than they have. So initially our focus would be to really build a roadmap, uh, build a marginal abatement cost curve to see how they can quickly have an impact uh, on reducing carbon. Uh, some of it will start with energy efficiency so they can use less energy, deploy more uh, environmentally friendly uh, you know, equipment. For instance, we've helped clients make their operations use battery electric vehicles a lot more efficiently. So not only that they can adapt uh, you know, adapt their operations to it, but also run the equipment effectively, so effectively efficiently, so they can reduce the carbon usage. Uh, so initial thing would be, how do you make sure that you have a good plan and you follow through that plan, initially working on the thing which will give you benefit right away, and then building in strategies and uh, techniques so that uh, over time, your carbon footprint would reduce. Uh, many of the companies have responded really well. There are more and more inquiries about how can we make our project net zero, which hasn't even started. So they're thinking about it from the very beginning, uh, which is a good thing because retrofitting is always more difficult, as you know. Yeah. So, uh, so that is really, really great from that perspective. Uh, and companies have been trying to use energy efficient, uh, uh, you know, uh, equipment all along, like wearable speed motors, etc. But there's a lot more which can be done from really managing how do you reduce the waste, how do you deploy the latest technology, how do you buy the equipment which is more efficient, and have a plan so that over time you can achieve net zero and we help them build that plan and execute it. Because many times plans can stay on the shelf if you do not assign their accountability and follow through with a very deliberate plan, which is executed, it doesn't happen. So we do both. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. And 
So most of the mining companies operations that I've been to have diesel generators for backup power. Is there something uh, as an alternative to that that's affordable, maybe available now or coming on the horizon? If I can jump in, I mean, I, I think the, the, the certainly there are options, uh, and I think it depends on where you are. Uh, you, you certainly say the, the diesel generator for backup power, and I think that that's going to continue to have a role. Uh, there may be some gas fired if, you're, if you happen to be in the right area where you've got uh, abundant or available gas. Uh, but I think that certainly as I look across the board of the mining industry, and it does depend on where you are, a different challenge if you're in Canada than if you uh, are in the States, for instance. Um, but I think a lot of people are, are paying real attention to their scope to their electrical, their, their generated power um, emissions uh, and looking at what are their options to be able to move uh, to a renewable or a, a green energy. So for many mines, we've been working around the globe, uh, you know, putting in a renewable farm, uh, wind, solar plus battery uh, ends up being a, a very, very sensible thing to do. It's good economics um, and it's green. Uh, and so often when you do that, you put in some battery storage, uh, which is sufficient so that you can alleviate the need for that uh, diesel generator. But I think it depends very, very much on exactly where you are uh, as to the solution that you, you end up with. Um, we've got one client that we worked with uh, where they ended up because of the fact that they had a number of already used pits uh, in this particular mining site where they were able to end up with a combination of wind and solar uh, and then actually use pumped hydro uh, between a couple of pits of different oh. stations oh. Uh, and use that as a backup power. So it yeah. depends very site specific on, on what works, what makes sense. But I think that the overriding thing is that in addition to the energy efficiency and the improvements that we're making in, in operations, is that, that people should definitely be looking to, how do I end up with green energy uh, for my scope two uh, so that I can address that, uh, that challenge? Yeah, that, that was interesting what you're talking about with the, the uh, pump storage. So during the daytime when there's sun or when the wind is blowing, they would pump water from the lower pit to the upper. Yep. And when they needed electricity, they'd probably put it through a turbine as it flowed from the upper pit to the lower, is that more or less right? That's right. That's right. You've yeah. got it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, if you've got, but you've got to have the right, uh, right environment. I mean, if you don't have uh, that elevation change and uh, and the available pits, then that may not be a good solution for you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So and good. Good. Oh, go ahead. It, yeah. Just uh, you know, one client uh, we recently worked on. Uh, they actually you know, put some additional transmission lines to have some solar farms uh, nearby so they could get the electricity uh, quite readily and use diesel generators very, very sparingly and replace the coal power with wind and solar uh, because they invested in transmission. So the thing is many of the mining clients are really thinking hard how they can bring uh, green power to their site. And it's becoming cheaper and cheaper over time. The 
you know, uh, economies have become a lot better for this power, and which is great because now the clients can take advantage of that. Uh, so it's also, they have some backup power, but it's used very, very sparingly uh, rather than, you know, more often as it was before the, you know, before they reinforce the transmission. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to catch on now. So is there a particular success story that you could share with us specifically about a mining company? Uh, well, we've certainly worked with a number of mining companies that have gone through some very major uh, reductions. And, and I think that uh, you know, worth, uh, I've got one in mind, again, multi-asset, uh, where they've ended up looking at their portfolio in terms of how do they end up with, you know, their original goal was to end up with 30 by 30, uh, a 30 percent reduction in their carbon footprint by 2030 uh, yeah. and a pathway to net zero and as we went through the analysis across all of their uh, their sites uh, we helped them come up with a plan to basically get them to 60 percent by 2030 uh, on their path mm. Um, and, and that really, they were in a fortunate position where they could really focus on four out of 12 assets, uh, really provided them with a very major uh, kick in terms of their uh, uh, progress towards it. Large amount of that was scope two. So it was putting in the renewable farms and we've now helped them uh, as far as actually building out those renewable farms so that they could actually uh, get there. Um, so that's good. Uh, and then uh, also working on their electrification as far as the fleet is concerned. Now, most mines uh, and this particular example that I've got in my mind, uh, the uh, uh, you know, the, the fleet transition is something that probably will kick in around the end of the decade. So whether it'll come in before 2030 or whether it'll be soon after is, is going to be an interesting question. Uh, but I think that working with the OEMs, we were able to help and, and identify pathways for them to be able to uh, reduce emissions on their fleet transmission. Now, the first part on fleet is I think that there are pathways which will become a lot easier for those underground miners because they're typically, you're talking about a you know, 40, 60 tonne truck. Uh, and there are certainly good options which are increasingly coming available and the technology is supporting battery at that level. Um, open pet, I think is still a little bit more it's a bit more questionable uh, because of the fact that some of the technologies have still to be uh, fully resolved. Battery uh, has got some challenges as you're starting to get up towards the, you know, the 200 ton or the uh, 300 or 400 ton truck. Yeah, uh, yeah. You've really got challenges with battery at that point. But you're getting a lot of solutions to be able to significantly reduce your carbon footprint if you've got stretches which are amenable uh, to moving to a trolley assist. Um, uh, with a, either an overhead or a blue vein type technology. So there's certainly uh, pathways for people to be able to really improve. And of course, the one which is uh, certainly being trialed and tested, and there's going to be an interesting one to see where it falls as far as the economics, uh, are movements as far as hydrogen fuel cells. Uh, I think that that technology has certainly got a lot of promise, uh, but it's also got a lot of technological issues and cost and performance issues to be able to get it to the point where it is truly economic. And, and I think that's actually an important point for, uh, for many people to realize is that the pathway to decarbonize for most miners 
is a pathway which makes economic sense. Uh, one of the things over the course of uh, uh, the last couple of years, we've helped uh, mining companies identify about 40 million tonnes worth of carbon dioxide re reduction, which is, which is great in itself. But the part which we're also very pleased with is that that's come with a $5 billion positive net present value. Uh, so these are economically sensible strategies for people to do. Uh, and those are economically uh, sensible strategies, even without having to, to incorporate a price for carbon, uh, which increasingly will come along and will help. It, it, it will definitely move the needle in terms of the technologies which are cost competitive to uh, to employ in an environment where there's a real price for carbon. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. So, Anuj, it, it sounds like your company uh, offers such um, agreeable services that you wouldn't even have to market to get new <laughs> clients. But how how do you how do you go about bringing in new work? Well, most of our business comes from clients we know and word of mouth. Yeah. People learn about us. And I would say we are probably the best kept secret from that perspective, mm -hmm. uh, from energy transition, from developing a strategy quickly and uh, bringing about performance improvement and building better businesses. Um, uh, and most of it is possible because of our people. Uh, the people come with a passion that they have done a lot of strategy work. They have seen many of the reports which have gone on the shelf, but they are not happy with it. So the passion comes from how can I take that great work and make things happen by building capabilities of the people at the front line, middle management, coaching uh, across the board. And uh, the word of mouth just goes there. Clients who worked with us 15 years ago for uh, anything they do, they just call us. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the relationships are important. So uh, we keep in touch and make sure that uh, clients uh, know us. Uh, and as we branch out to more and more clients, uh, and, and as we grow, we've grown almost two and a half times in the last five years in North America. Mm. As we grow, uh, we will uh, need to, uh, you know, bring more, I would say, branding to the market so that people know us more broadly. Uh, but most of our business comes from people who know us and they tell their friends and their colleagues who've gone to other companies and say, why don't you try Partners in Performance Art? Yeah, yeah. Well, good, good. Guys, we've covered a lot of stuff today. Keith, is there anything that I didn't ask that I should have? Uh, no, I, I think that, uh, well, I think the only thing which I would end up adding uh, that, you, that you haven't asked is uh, I think that the one thing which, which comes out of the move on a global basis uh, to a greener economy is going to do great things for mining. Uh, because in order to be able to actually power uh, all of the transition which we're talking about, there's going to be an increasing demand for copper, for nickel, for cobalt, for lithium. Uh, and of course, that comes back to the, 
the mining core core mining skills and capabilities that uh, that this industry knows and uh, and can deliver for the organization for the world. Uh, and I think we've got the opportunity to be able to do that, do that in a fashion uh, which is green in its extraction uh, and can really deliver the metals which will be needed uh, to support the economies that we want to build. Yeah, that's that's great. I had a podcast uh, a couple of years ago where I interviewed a young lady and we were talking about the need to mine our way to a greener future. And it's it's really nice to see that the mining companies are becoming so much greener uh, in parallel. Yes. Anuj, how about you? Did I uh, neglect to ask any questions that I should have? No, you asked uh, uh, many of the uh, very good questions. Uh, I just wanted to add one thing that uh, uh, all the resource industry companies are thinking very hard how to become greener and have a great impact. Uh, I would say that uh, most of us should think about not that, you know, do we need to do it? We have to do it. And, uh, uh, and the companies are, uh, are, are going there. Uh, there are things which uh, I would say from a uh, policy perspective, which could take place is really encourage the supply side. Think about how we can have safe, reliable supply of critical metals for the greener future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I keep on asking about mining because that's the industry that I'm in, but Sure. I'm, I'm sure that you work in other industries as well, so I, I shouldn't just uh, make everything, everyone think you only work in mining. That's right. That's right. Uh, but this is a core part of our uh, overall part. Uh, we're very comfortable in all of the resource industries, but mining ends up being a, a core part of what we do. Yeah. So, Keith and Anuj, I really appreciate you spending some time with, with us today and sharing what uh, your services are. Keith, before I let you go, do you have any key takeaways or pearls of wisdom you could lay on us? Um, I don't know that I've got any real pearls of wisdom. I just think that uh, the transition and the opportunities that we have in front of us are just going to be a journey. Uh, it will be one of those things where uh, we will uh, continue to make change as we go forward uh, and we'll look back and we'll realize that we really have transformed uh, the mining industry uh, in a decade when we look back at how green we've become uh, but it's a journey and we'll just have lots of steps along the way yeah yeah fantastic and Anuj how about you do you have any rules of wisdom or key takeaways yeah, for I, us I would say that in everything people do they should think about the people equation, which is probably the most difficult challenge we find. Uh, diversity of opinion is important, but if you really focus on why somebody is behaving the way they are, you can unlock how you can uh, turn things around, how you can manage the change. So the biggest uh, thing I would say in the future as we move to the greener uh, uh, environment and really focus on it, thing would be understanding people's motivation and people's behavior and how you can uh, change, uh, change their thinking at times so that uh, they take the right steps. So it's, 
for me, the most important thing people should be thinking about is what's the people equation? What's the motivation? How we can bring the facts to the table so that uh, the transition and change management is easier. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fantastic. Well, Keith and Anuj, I, I think uh, I've, I've run out of questions and I know you're both very busy individuals, so I'll, I'll let you get on with your day but uh again i really appreciate you coming on with me today well brian really you. appreciate Played your time yeah yeah okay perfect thank then, you uh, yeah uh, thank you and it's been a pleasure okay well that's it i'm brian and this is behind the scenes with brian until next time Keep on rocking.